Testing, testing, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, six missed calls from unknown numbers. That's how many I've got today. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know if a family member of mine has died and they're attempting to reach out to me desperately and I just refuse to take their fucking phone calls. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's going on, but I've had six missed calls from unknown numbers, and I'm not going to leave a message. Text me. Hey, 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 text me. Don't call me, okay? Because if I answer the phone, they did text me. Well, I don't know a woman named Pearl, so someone gave this poor soul uh, the wrong information. Should I call this person back? and berate her? Should I beleaguer her and say, hey, I'm not fucking Pearl. I'm not a woman. I'm a man. I'm a, I'm a man. I won't. I won't do that because I don't think, I don't know what state she's from. And there's, there's single, single party, there's single party and dual party consent laws. Some states, you can record somebody over the phone or at any point, um, without them knowing. Other states, you cannot. Okay? So, I am not going to take that chance. And who knows who's on the other end of that line? I mean, who... I mean, if I end up calling somebody and she's like the manager of a Popeye's, you know, that those women can get a little... They can get a little nasty. Those women have brute strength. Retard strength, some people call it. Right? All Popeye's managers have retard strength. Because if you're going to manage a Popeye's, first of all, the employees there suck. All of them. They all suck a dick. All of them. Okay? And the people who eat at Popeye's are mentally deranged. So you have to have the upper body strength to deal with somebody who comes in with a blunt object, uh, blunt object and just starts swinging it. Okay? If you can't disarm a mentally deranged serial killer, you don't have the skills to manage a Popeye's. Okay, that's just a, that's just the fact of the matter. It's right there on the resume. You go to Indeed.com. It'll say wanted manager for local Popeyes skills required. Uh, you can't have over a high school degree. Okay, they cap that. They say no college. Please, we cannot have somebody who thinks too much here. Under that, it will say you better be willing to have grease burns on your arms. Okay. Right? That's more of a willingness. That's an attitude thing. And then right under that, must be able to bench 225 for reps. And then in parentheses, it will say for safety purposes. And when they say for safety purposes, it means that you must have the ability to pick up and body slam a homeless person on their head, breaking and snapping all of their, like, dis, uh, what's that, the spinal, what do you call that thing that connects the, the, the spinal column to the, to the brainstem, dislocating their brainstem and killing them on the spot, right, letting their limp body down on the linoleum of a Popeye's, you must have the strength to do that, okay, it's just something that it's, you know, certain jobs require certain skills. 
certain aptitudes, right? Certain characteristics. Every single job is not for every single person, okay? The manager of Popeyes cannot be a rocket scientist. But all those rocket scientists at NASA are frail little faggots, and they could not do what that burly-ass woman in a Popeyes could do, right? Single-handedly beating a crowd of people who want to loot the store for chicken sandwiches, beating them all to death, watching like a gladiator, like a Roman gladiator. That's basically what they're looking for uh, as a manager of a Popeyes, a Roman gladiator, a person who's willing to, uh, uh, first of all, sober up because all of all managers at Popeyes, managers at fast food chains in general, need to have been to rehab at least twice. Um, so sober up and uh, put the weight back on that you lost from doing too much crack, cocaine. Who are we kidding? These people couldn't afford cocaine, so they had to resort to crack and heroin and f- just a little bit of fentanyl. Just dabbled. They were just dabble doing. Just d- dabble do you. Do a dollop. Do a dollop of Daisy. Do a dollop of fentanyl. Okay? I forgot where I was going with this. I forgot where I was going with this. I do have a fast food story, though. Uh, uh, I was in a Wendy's from my old neighborhood uh, back at the old stew. The old stew neighborhood. You guys remember those days. Um, and if you don't, you actually can't get the episodes because I took them off. And I will be putting uh, them behind a paywall soon, folks. So for whoever joined... Many of you have joined uh, recently and you don't have access to the, uh, the OG apps. And they will be put out behind a paywall very soon. And believe me, it's worth a listen. It's good to listen to me sound even worse than I do now. Because then when, you know, you go back and listen to that, you know, the first 30 episodes, you're like, Jesus Christ, did somebody give radio a podcast? Right? Radio, Cuba Gooding Jr. Right? You remember. It's the first time I ever saw a black retard. I feel like that's a rare species. But I was in Wendy's. Uh, because my girlfriend had a Wendy's gift card, and there was a person, I never talked about this man when I lived in the old neighborhood, and I don't know why I didn't, but he was, he's a tall man, he's about six foot, six one, and he has dreadlocks, um, and they are so long that he like crimps them in the middle, like ties them over to like, he like rolls them up. Like you do like a chip bag after you're done eating and you want to keep them fresh, you roll it up. That's what he does with his dreads, but his dreads still go to his ankles. That's how long this, and I don't know if he's homeless. I can never tell if he's homeless, but he's everywhere all the time, this guy. And what he stands out for is first of all, having dreads that go down to his ankles and sit on top of his head like a, like a mound of dirt. I mean, it it's literally looks like a fucking, it looks like a pitcher's mound on his head. It's fucking crazy. But he has like seashells. He has seashells in his hair. And I was, I can't believe that I saw him. It was just a very, very special coincidence that I had seen him at the Wendy's at that exact time. But I went into the Wendy's, I ordered. And I had never heard him speak. I had never heard him do anything. I just saw him in passing. I'd see him driving by. I'd never heard him speak when I lived in the old neighborhood. But all of a sudden, he gets to the door. He's got his order. Gets to his door. He's got his mask up. He says, hey, he's got his mask on. Okay, he cares. 
gets to the door, and right before he walks out of the door, he starts jazz scatting. He goes, You know what it is. You just start You know. And he does that for 10, 15 seconds, and everybody in the store is like, oh, okay, what the fuck is going on? I am looking at a person who has, uh, you know, the, the his his hair look looked like the ropes they use for bungee jumping. It's insane. He's got seashells in them, and he's jazz scatting right before he's exiting a Wendy's. Okay, so everybody's, that's the context of this situation. Everybody's looking, and then he stops, and then he turns to the store, speaking to just the general area, I suppose, and he goes, that's how you play the pussy. And then he walked out. He said, that's how you play the pussy. And then he walked out. It was surreal, to say the least. It was, first of all, the the, the reminiscence of, of seeing him was magical for me. Um, it the, the old neighborhood that I used to live in, they, they did a lot of, how you say gentrification? Didn't think I'd bust out the Chinese accent so early. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, it, it, there's these massive luxury apartment buildings uh, where... You know, this it was just an empty lot that used to be it used to be like a toxic waste cleanup area, and now they I guess they cleaned it up and they put luxury apartment buildings uh, there. And there's new stores of Wawa there now, and the the super fresh food world that I used to go to drunk and fucking sometimes on Xanax. Uh, you know that's much better, and it's you know everything is upgraded. Clearly, the value of the neighborhood and the apartments have skyrocketed, and. So it was kind of sad to see that everything that I had known living there was gone. The laundromat called Super Suds is now a cannabis dispensary called Arise. So it's just a it's a brand new neighborhood, right? Neighborhood got a makeover. It happens. So it was nice to see that some things hadn't changed about the neighborhood. One, the Wendy's got my order wrong. That hasn't changed. Okay. That has not changed. And two, the guy with the seashells in his hair, he hasn't seemed to change either. Right? He didn't, he, I mean, I would assume that him jazz scatting and then saying, that's how you play the pussy. I'm assuming his, that type of behavior has been uh, going on for a while now. I'm sure the people in his life seem, at this point, are like, yeah, that's just, you know. That's just we we call him sea we call him seashell Sal. That's just seashell Sal. You know what are you gonna do, right? What are you gonna do? Yeah, you you don't want to let him in your house because he's gonna drop kick your dog. But you you know it's just hey, some things never change. Some things never change, right? The Wendy's getting your order wrong never changes. Seashell Sal, jazz scatting on his you know, brilliant exodus from the Wendy's locale. And the manager of that Wendy's uh, being a burly lesbian who at any given point could have walked out from behind the counter and beat Seashell Sal to death in front of all of us. And 
The consumers, by the way, the people eating at that Wendy's, including myself, probably wouldn't have done anything. We would just have continued eating our poison while we watched this fucking lesbian kick the shit out of this possibly homeless person. Right? It's like dinner and a show. It is truly like the Coliseum. The Wendy's in my old neighborhood is like the Coliseum. Because at any given point, you could walk in there, get a bowl of chili, okay? Get a bowl of Wendy's chili and some fries and sit there and experience a deranged person with, you know, hair ornaments come into the store and start threatening people and then watch the manager come out and snap their neck. It's like the Coliseum. You go there, you eat fucking, what do you call it, mutton, muttons? We call the the things that they give you at med- medieval times is mutton, right? They give you mutton, and then you watch two people murder each other. Truly, society hasn't come that far, folks. the 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 value in violent entertainment coupled with food is something that has has yet to leave the human species. There is a thing in our brains, and I don't know, is that the pineal gland? Is that what resides in the pineal gland? There's a little gland in your brain, they call it the pineal gland. Conspiracy theorists, or spiritualists, call it your third eye. And they say, if you access this pineal gland, if you unclog it with uh, from all the toxins and fucking, what do they call it? They say fluoride is getting in there, and it... And it closes your throat. I don't know what they fucking say. But if you open that up, that's your key to the universe. You can transcend the physical plane if you open up your pineal gland. I disagree. I think what resides in that pineal gland is the urge to eat shitty food while watching somebody die. That's what I think resides in the pineal gland. Now, neurologists and 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 neurosurgeons and people who study the brain, they know that that gland is there. They don't know what's in it. But I would like to sit one of them down. I'll see if I can get one on the show. And I'm going to ask them, what do you think is in the pineal gland? And they're going to go through all the, well, we've done some, you know, scans and we get, you know, and the neurons, the cells, they're, they're aligned this way, which is slightly different from the, the hippocampus. So we would assume, and I'm going to go, hey, 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 pipe down, faggot. How about this? How about this? Do you think that our love for eating barbecue bacon cheeseburgers and watching a man headbutt another man to death is in the pineal gland? Have you ever thought of that, dummy? Huh? These scientists, they don't open their mind, right? Because they can't because their pineal gland is clogged up with fluoride. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Otherwise, why else would we find violence so entertaining? Everybody loves it. It's the most entertaining thing in the world, probably, right? Barring Seinfeld, apparently, because that's... You know, that's on Netflix now. Seinfeld is on Netflix. And that was my father's favorite fucking show of all time. I remember he would sit and just laugh so hard he came in his fucking pants, probably. I mean, he just fucking loved that shit. Him and my grandmother, for fuck's sake. That was their favorite fucking show of all time. I was never a huge fan. I didn't really connect with the humor. 
right? Now, when Michael Richards got on stage at the uh, at, at Just for Laughs in L.A. and started yelling the N-word, then I was like, hey, I think I'm getting Seinfeld. I kind of get the appeal. Now. But until then, I hadn't got it, right? I just, I wasn't getting it. But I don't know, the older generation, the Gen Xers, the boomers, they fucking loved Seinfeld. I mean, I'm going to ask my dad one day, I'm going to say, hey, dad, did you watch Seinfeld so that you could laugh so hard that you would achieve orgasm in front of your family? I mean, if you would have heard him laugh, you would have thought that he was coming to. Like, can you laugh so hard you come? Because if you can, then he was doing it. I mean, for Christ. I tell you one thing, though. Here's something we can all agree on. Um, We love Seinfeld. Well, some of us more than others. I don't mind it. I shouldn't say that I... I didn't hate it. I didn't mind it. Right? George Costanza was kind of funny. Kramer was kind of funny. Right? But my dad and I both agree that Seinfeld's stand-up was no bueno. Not good. Not funny. Okay? He just... It's too many, like, what's the deal with curtains? It's like, I don't know, Jerry. What Curtains to block the sun. It's to block the sun from getting into your room. Because when the sun comes in the room, it gets warm. And I like my room a little cooler. Everything he, his jokes were all questions. What's the deal with lint rollers? There's lint. And we don't like it on our clothes. I mean, these are basically the premises of the overwhelming majority of his jokes are like, what's, what's the deal with, with body wash in a, in a, in a, in a bottle? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with it. This is a consumer economy. Okay. So when you advertise soap in very colorful bottles, people are drawn to it and they buy the product, Jerry. Okay. That's the best. I, I don't know. Stop asking me questions and then answering. Okay? You answer the questions that you have yourself with not funny punchlines. It's, 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 it's painful. However, here's what I will say. If he did one last stand-up special where he was only making politically charged offensive jokes then I would respect him now and forever. I would think that he was the most brilliant comedian of all time because he had spent his entire career making clean jokes about fucking razor blades. What's the deal with Gillette razors? Gillette Stadium in Foxborough? I had sex with a fox in, in one of the five boroughs in New York. Like, it just was all... But if he came out... On Netflix. We'll give it, we'll give it to Netflix, right? Netflix sucks now, but we'll give it the last Seinfeld special. And it's just all politically charged, offensive, borderline race. What's the deal with all these pedophile reptilians ruining our country? Sucking adrenochrome on a little girl pussy. I don't get it. Let's drain the swamp. Stop the steal. I don't believe there's education inequality in this country. I just think they're dumber than us. Immigrants are a drain on our resources. Stop letting them in. 
Open fire! Open fire! That's what I say! They're destroying their own communities. That would be funny. That would be funny. And the entire, like, the, the special itself would be the punchline. Not only the punchlines within the special, but the special would be the punchline because the entire setup was his career never making offensive jokes at all, and then it was just one long setup to the most offensive thing you've ever heard in your entire life. It would be genius. It would be comedic genius. And I think that the fact that he's not doing it shows you, it just it makes my point that he's not funny because he has an opportunity to make the funniest joke of all time, a joke that took fucking 40 years to set up, and he's not doing it. When did Seinfeld start in the 90s? 30 years to set up. And it would be a joke that you sat through the setup for 30 years, and it was the punchline was actually worth 30 years of your time. That would be... It would go down in history as the funniest joke ever told. And he doesn't want to take that opportunity. He Opportunity is at his fucking Montauk mansion door. And it's knocking. It's saying, hey, Jerry. It's a Jew. Opportunity is always a Jew. He goes, Jerry, let me in, Jerry. I've got a proposal for you. And he's not answering the door. He's checking his ring doorbell cam because he's scared. Okay, he's scared of an intruder. And he sees that it's opportunity. And he's not answering. And that's disgraceful. It is disgraceful. Okay? It's, um, I, I think it is, it is a, almost self-sabotage. I think uh, Seinfeld knows that he has this opportunity and he can't bring himself to do it because he's depressed about the state of affairs in today's world. Right? But he has that opportunity. And I listen, Jerry, do it. I know that I had the idea. You can have the idea. Just do it. I just want you to do it, okay? I'm not going to ask for any royalties. I just want you to do it. I don't think that's too much to ask. It will solidify. I mean, you're already in like the comedy hall of fame or whatever the fuck it is. But I mean, do you want to go down as the the funniest fucking person in the history of ever? And it will never come. No one will ever come close. Do you want that? I can make that happen for you, Jerry. If you just listen to me, you don't even have to write the offensive material. I'll write it for you, right? I'll write it for you. Just you have to be willing to do it, okay? We already know that one cast member from Seinfeld is willing to say the N-word on stage. Are you, Jerry? Are you willing to put yourself out there? Are you willing to be vulnerable? Are you willing to put your opinion out there and be vulnerable and willing to take a critique? You gotta have thick skin, Jerry. You gotta have thick skin. Thick foreskin, but you don't have foreskin because you're a Jew. And neither do I. I don't have foreskin because I'm a good Lutheran boy. I saw a map today, off topic here, and it was the state's predominant religion. And the overwhelming majority of America is Catholic. So the South is is Baptist. 
the rest is Catholic, except two states, except two states, North Dakota and South Dakota. They are Lutheran. So, and it was my understanding that more there were more Lutherans in in uh, the U.S. than Catholics. But I mean, I don't. I mean, I guess it doesn't. They're the same thing, basically. It's the same fucking thing. You just in Catholicism, you got to fucking kneel before you go into the church pews. It's fucking annoying. Why are we kneeling? I wonder if they stopped kneeling when Kaepernick started doing it. That would have been funny. That would have been funny. If Catholics are like, I know this is my faith and this is what I do, but I can't kneel because it resembles Colin Kaepernick's hate for cops. You know there's a lot of Catholics who don't like Kaepernick. Probably a lot of Catholics that do like Kaepernick. I don't know. He is a new... That's another thing that's on Netflix. His fucking documentary about how the NFL is exactly like slavery. Which is crazy. I saw a tidbit of it. I think it's the tidbit that everybody saw. Where the he was comparing the combine where they test... If you don't know anything about NF, the, the NFL, there's a combine where prospects will run a 40-yard dash, do their vertical... Um, do they, uh, their, their shuttle time, they'll do drills to show off their athletic ability and their skill set to, um, NFL teams, to their, uh, uh, scouts. And they size you up, basically. They say, okay, this guy's 6'4", 235. He's got a, a vertical of, of 46, and he runs a 4-4-40. Wow, he's going to make a good wide receiver. I can't wait, right? That's how they do it. They size you up. They say, listen, hey, I understand that you run a, a 4-3-3-40, and I understand that you have a 44-inch vertical, but you are 5'5", 150 pounds, you're not going to make it in the NFL, son. You just can't. You don't have the build. I'm sorry. That's how they do it. They judge whether or not you'd be a good uh, uh, player in the NFL. And because they judge you on your physicality, he was comparing that to slave owners and slave traders deciding whether or not they wanted a particular slave based on his physicality you know, to see how much fucking cotton he could pick or how much whatever they were doing. They were growing tobacco, too. How how much work he could do for you based on his physicality. And he's like, because there's this overlapping thing, a judgment of physicality and and athletic ability and strength, that makes it like slavery. Now, of course, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, there's a little difference in pay rate between the two, Right? There's a little difference in pay rate between slave and and first string running back. Right? That and it's voluntary. Nobody whipped you into the NFL. Well, I guess whip you into shape. Right? I'll whip you into shape, boy. All right, I don't I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. But you get what I'm saying. Netflix sucks. Seinfeld sucks. Wendy's is amazing. Seashell Sal is still kicking. He's alive and well. Right? These are the people we should be sending to Russia, like the Seashell Sals. Biden put like 8,200 troops on high alert uh, 
uh, to go defend Ukraine from a Russian invasion, which they've been trying to do since the fall of the Soviet Union. And it's just, we don't need to, what are we doing? Why are we going over there? Why are we even, why are we involved in this in any way, shape, or form? Tell me exactly how a Russian invasion of Ukraine hurts us, and tell me how the U.S. military aiding the Ukrainian military and militia groups, uh, how that would benefit the American citizens. They'll exact, you, well, what about Ukrainian citizens? That What about their feelings? They don't want Russia to go. It's like, I understand, but we are not the Ukraine. Who comes first, us or Ukrainian citizens? I would assume that our government would put us first. And I would assume that we don't want to put billions of dollars toward a new war, right? I would assume that because that's our money that they're taking to fund a war, a possible devastating war that could ruin humanity. I mean, you understand that a hot war between Russia and the U.S. leads to nuclear blasts. Right? You understand that. Who was that fucking stupid senator that went on Fox Business or on CNBC or something and he was talking about not ruling out first strike nuclear capabilities? I talked about that a few months ago. Yeah, this is, we're here now. And this situation could happen. Okay? We, why? Why? Let's send Seashell Sal over there and he, he'll guard the Ukrainian border. How about that? Let's send a few of these people over there. Let's see what they can do, right? They've never reached their full potential in life. Give them an opportunity to fight for their country, okay? Let's send all fast food managers to guard the Ukrainian border. And all of those Russian soldiers will come in and they'll have their fucking Kalashnikovs or whatever they use these days. And... They'll run and they'll charge toward them and they'll shoot these managers, these lesbians in the, in the chest, but their breasts are so strong that it's like, it's an actual armor. It's like they have built in body armor. And then when they get close enough, they'll wrap up the Russian soldier and drop them on their head, severing their fucking brain, uh, brainstem from their spinal cord, like they did to a homeless person on the floor of a McDonald's not two weeks ago. These are the people we should be sending to the Ukrainian border. Why are you putting 8,200 troops on high alert? You should be calling Wendy's, Taco Bell, Popeye's, KFC, uh, McDonald's. Sonic is a little more... Not Sonic. Don't call Sonic. Those managers are a little... They're a little more prissy, right? They're still lesbians, but they, they have... They're the pretty ones. Um... What else? Canes, Whataburger, In and Out, Subway is all well. Subway's all Indians. Um, yeah, that'll be enough. That's eighty two hundred right there. That will total eighty two hundred people that can guard the border between Russia and the Ukraine, as well as any fucking U.S. military force could. You're welcome, America. I just saved you billions of dollars in tax 
taxpayer expenditure, as well as an avoidance of the nuclear holocaust stemming from a hot war between two of the most powerful countries in the world. You're welcome, right? I have say I have co- well again. I haven't saved the universe. I am presenting you with an opportunity to be saved. Okay. Hey, CIA. Hey, Department of Defense. Pentagon. Are you here? USAID. Are you listening to me? Hey, the few, the proud, the Marines. Are you listening to me? I can help, but you have to allow me to help. Just like Seinfeld has to allow me to help him. I can help you. I can resolve this entire conflict with Russia. Right? I can tell... Listen. Here's the solution to the problem. Okay? You ready? You ready? You ready, guys? Guys, guys, guys. Hey, hey, shut the fuck up. I can tell you what should happen in this scenario. Leave it alone. If they invade Ukraine, who cares? Not our problem. What are we going to do? What are we going to do about it? Some things are inevitable. And I would have assumed we learned that after our recent stint in Afghanistan. I would have assumed that we real we learned I would have assumed that we learned that some things are inevitable. Some things we cannot control. It doesn't mean they're good things. I don't want Russia to in- invade Ukraine. That sucks for the Ukrainians. That really does. I don't want that. I think, hey, bad. Bad Putin. Down. Sit down. Okay? I don't like it. I don't like it any more than anybody else. But some things are out of our hands. Why would we get ourselves into a war? Well, I I know why. It's because our economy is struggling and war is good money flow. And Well, not for everybody, but for the people who, who matter in this country, it's good for them. And they have it, you know, they need a new cash engine and the government also needs a new source of fear to push on the American people because people are getting sick of the COVID narrative. And listen, we're rabble rousers, right? We're just, we're a country of rabble rousers. We're instigators. We have no business in Ukraine. By the way, we're already there. We have, the CIA has been funding uh, uh, militia groups in the Ukraine they're Nazis, truly. The people that the CIA is funding, the Pentagon is funding in the Ukraine are Nazis. And they're not like, you know, Seinfeld's last special Nazi where it's like, like you know, just racist. No, no, no. They wave the Nazi flag and they don't like Jews and they don't like blacks and they're very open about it. We were fun- we're fun- We're still doing it. We're funding Nazis in the Ukraine to fight Russia. Right? Because we will, we will employ anyone to fight Russia. We f- employed uh, uh, the Mujahideen who was led by fucking uh, uh, bin Laden. Right? And I think we can all agree that that group of people isn't too nice, but we don't give a fuck. 
We will, we will, we're funding ISIS in Syria. We won't, we don't give a fuck. That's a good try. That's a good record, right? We fund Al Qaeda and then we fund ISIS and now we're funding Nazis. Pretty soon we'll be funding Antifa to throw bricks at people's heads. We'll find a way. I think we're already doing it basically, right? With the, uh, well, they're employing some people who were involved in some of those riots, certainly. Agents provocateur. But we're, inst- we're a country of instigators. We love to get into shit, right? We're like Seashell Sal. We like to do some weird shit that gets everybody going, what the fuck is going to happen here, right? What is going on? We're like Seashell Sal. We start jazz scatting. We're like, weapons of mass destruction. We don't care. We like to get people riled up. We're fun lovers here in America, right? By the way, I was listening to Mark Levin. I don't know why, but I was listening to Mark Levin and he was talking about how, you know, he's pro-intervention in the Ukraine because God forbid he isn't, right? And he was saying something about how, how, how people who don't want to go into the Ukraine, they're like, well, he's like, you're a Putin apologist. I'm a Putin apologist. What? You're just, you love Putin? He's a horrible man. He killed his political opponents. He's a horrible man. He is born. He's horrible. It's like, yeah, yeah, we know. We know. But it's funny that you hate him so much and you're not uh, confronting the fact that the entire reason he is in power is because of the American CIA. Did you forget about that, Marky? Did you forget about the 1999 apartment bombings in Moscow and riots or however fucking, however you pronounce that stupid fucking Russian town name? Did you forget that the CIA funded a quote-unquote Chechnyan uh, terrorist group to bomb apartment buildings? Because that's what happened, by the way. In 1999, apartment buildings in, I think there were like five apartment buildings. Let me get this up, some of this information on this bad bitch. On this bad bitch. Um, the backstory, let me give you a little backstory before I start going into it. 1999, apartment buildings get bombed in Russia, okay? They were blamed without evidence, by the way, no evidence, on Chechen terrorists um, that led to the second Chechen war between Russia and Chechnya. Now, why did this help Putin get in power? And how do we know that this was the for sure thing that gave Putin uh, the avenue, the open road to being a dictator, uh... The, the ever-so-lovely dictator we know today. Well, Boris Yeltsin's approval rating on his way out was 2%. Listen to this. 2%. It's never... That is the lowest approval rating of anyone ever. You understand that, like, a low approval rating in America here is like 30%. Okay? His was 2%. Yeltsin chose Putin to be his successor. And uh, Putin was not popular because he was seen as a a Boris Yeltsin 2.0, um, but with no upgrades, right? So nobody liked him. Then, bang, 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 a few bombs go off, right? A few 
few people die. They go to meet their maker. And Putin takes on the responsibility of fighting the Second Chechen War and being victorious at that. And that changed everybody's opinion about him. And so he got in, right? He got in. We gave him the power. Now, you might say, hey, Zach, how do we know that it wasn't Chechen terrorists? What if it was just a good old, you know how wild those Chechens are? They're wild. They're wild. They're the only group of people that could outfight fast food managers in America. Those Chechnyans, okay? Well, where is this at? Where did I find this? Mm, yeah. Yeah. On, four, on the 14th of July, 2016, David Satter, David Satter was the journalist who exposed all this, by the way, filed Freedom of Information Act requests with the State Department, the CIA, and the FBI inquiring about documents pertaining to the apartment bombings, the Ryazan, Ryazan incident, and persons who tried to investigate the bombings and were killed. So just to be clear, there were other people who were investigating this, and then they ended up dead. Right? They ended up uh, six feet under because they wanted to find out what happened with the apartment bombings and how these quote-unquote terrorists uh, were so intertwined with the CIA. How did this... Why are there so many connections between these Chechens and the CIA? What's going on here? We don't need you to know that. We'll get you a bullet. We'll get you a, we'll get you a nice steaming bowl of bullets into your mouth. Okay? Stop asking questions, bitch. The agencies acknowledged the receipt of of the requests, but Satter received no other response within the statutory time limit. On the 29th of August, 2016, Satter filed suit against the Department of Justice and other agencies involved. However, the CIA refused to even acknowledge the existence of any relevant records because doing so would reveal, quote, very specific aspects of the agency's intelligence interest or lack thereof in the Russian bombings, unquote. David Satter made a renewed FOIA request, and on, 20, on the 22nd of March in 2017, the State Department responded that documents concerning the U.S. assessments of the bombings would, be, would remain secret. A draft Vaughn Index, a document used by agencies to justify withholdings in FOIA cases, FOIA is the Freedom of Information Act, said that the release of that information had, quote, the potential to inject friction into or cause serious damage, unquote, to relationships with the Russian government that were, quote, vital to U.S. national security, unquote. So basically they said, if we release these records involving our connections with the apartment bombings in Russia and our, our pitter-pattering in Chechnya, is that... That's how you pronounce that country? Chech Chechnya? Chechen Chechnya? What is it? I don't even know what it is. Let's see. Chechen. Chechnya, yeah. Um, they said, hey, if we give if we hand over the information about our relationship with the apartment bombings and 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 certain Chechnyan people. It might make Russians angry. Well, what does that mean? It means that we did it. It means that we funded people, probably trained them, um, in Chechnya to uh, commit an act of terror against Russia. And that act of terror led to Putin being in power because the people saw him as a strong leader when they were at a very vulnerable uh, time in their history. 
That's what happened. And that's why Putin is in power now, Mark Levin. So if you hate Putin, you should probably be very upset at the CIA. You should probably be very upset at American intelligence for meddling in Russian and Eastern European politics. Okay? And now we want to we want to do the same thing. We want to we want to get people all wound up. We want to we want to insert ourselves into a conflict that we have no business being in. Because we wouldn't be America without doing that. We like to insert ourselves in in things that we don't need to be involved in. Right? And if we insert if we if we insert a little too much of ourselves in this one it might lead to a nuclear standoff and worse yet a nuclear holocaust now i don't think i don't think i uh, uh it will lead to the nuclear holocaust i would hope that the uh, game theory notion of mutual assured destruction would hinder our nation and russia's leaders from sending off nukes, but you never know. You never fucking know these days, okay? Not when you have state senators going on live TV talking about pondering our nuclear, our first strike nuclear capabilities. You never know these days. You never know these days, okay? You never know. Let's get to, oh yeah, this. Neil Young, I don't even know who that is. I don't know who Neil Young is. Okay, but he is a famous singer, apparently, and he gave a strict ultimatum to Spotify. He said, either you have Neil Young's music or you have Joe Rogan's podcast, because Neil Young apparently is a person who is active in the fight against the spread of misinformation, I guess, would be the way to... You know, I would assume that's how he would describe himself. And I don't think Spotify did anything. I don't think they did anything because I don't know who he is. And I know older bands. I know 80s rock bands. But apparently this guy, I mean, this guy is old, okay? It's a pro- like, I know older bands, okay? I am on the line between being a very old Gen Z or a very young millennial. I'm on that bo- I'm on that border, right? I'm on that Russian Ukrainian border right there. I'm sitting on the fence, okay? And when I don't know who you are, and I know people from like 50 fucking years ago, 60 years ago. When I don't know who you are, it's a problem. Okay? It either means that you were making music when they couldn't actually record your music or you just were never that popular. You weren't popular enough to span the, 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 uh, uh, to, to withstand the test of time, right? You were not popular enough. Rogan will get, Rogan gets better numbers than you, Neil Young. I don't even know who you are and I can tell you that with a straight face objectively without even looking it up. Rogan gets better numbers than you. Okay, Neil Young. Again, I'm give, I'm just doling out advice today. Okay, now will the people choose to heed my advice? Will they capitalize on the wisdom that I am feeding them? I don't know. We'll see. Only time will tell. Neil Young, Mr. Young. Can I call you Mr. Young? Can I call you Neil? Neil, 
you have no bargaining power here because you made music when the term colored was acceptable to describe a black person, okay? You don't matter anymore. You don't matter anymore. And when you don't matter anymore, you can't make harsh demands. It's actually more sad for you to do it than it would be for me to do it. If I said, hey, Spotify, you either get unfit statesman or you get Rogan, okay? If I made that ultimatum, it wouldn't be as sad as you doing it because I never mattered and I never will matter. And I accept that. I am self-aware enough to know that I don't matter. You are not self-aware enough to know that you don't matter anymore. And that is on full display. Okay? That's what your ultimatum has shown to the world. You are unaware of the fact that you don't matter anymore. And that's sad. And I'm sorry to hear that. Last week I talked about getting hobbies. People like you and people like Hillary Clinton, Mr. Young, you need hobbies. You're out of the limelight. You, you no longer get your daily dose of fame, that beautiful drug, right? Better than fentanyl. Fame. You don't have it anymore. And so now you're lost and you're itching. You're itching. Instead of going back for one more hit and then finding out that the fame isn't as good as it used to be anymore, right? If you go, if you're a coke addict and you were sober for 20 years and then you go back to, you know, you want to do coke just one more time and then you find out the coke is cut with way too much fucking baking soda and it's not even that good, that's more sad than just being sober the rest of your life. Just, just, hey, Neil Young, embrace it. Embrace it. You're not using anymore, right? You're not doing the drug of fame anymore. It's over for you. Don't try to go back for one last hit because guess what? The drug is diluted. And this is the, this is the entire thing that I, this is the point that I'm making to you. It's sad that you didn't know the drug was diluted. You should have known better. You've had, I mean, I don't know when you started making music, 133 years ago, probably, somewhere around there. We had probably just freed the slaves. You should have, you've had a lot of time to absorb the world around you and let the fact that you don't matter settle in. And the people who handle that reality are happier. When they can go, ah, oh, man, I used to be this. I used to be that. Those are the people who die happy. Because they kind of want to die. You don't want to die. Because you think you still have more to give. You have nothing more to give, Neil. You have nothing more to give. Okay? The last thing that you gave, just to be very clear, is me material for my podcast. This podcast. The material that I am spewing out onto a microphone this very moment. That is your last contribution. Are you happy with that, Neil? Is this what you want? Is this what you want? Do you want your legacy to resolve itself with a psychopath screaming about you on a microphone? I'm not screaming, but you understand. 
Is this what you wanted? Here's what you do. You shut the fuck up. You sit in your house. You take fucking Vicodin and drink a little wine. Watch CNN or MSNBC. I'm assuming you're a liberal based on the ultimatum you gave Spotify. Listen to Maddow and just die. Die in peace. Play with your dog. Accidentally step on its tail, right? Because old people do that. They don't watch where they're walking. And they put their cane down on their pet's tails a lot. Okay? Yell at your wife. Yell at your wife like you used to in the good old days. See your grandchildren, but don't actually see them because you're blind in one eye. That's how you live a justified and dignified life after fame. You crawl into a hole and die. That's dignity. Never showing your face again after your fame has run out. That's how you do... You need to shelter yourself in an underground bunker. Never go outside. Get a vitamin D deficiency. Start to get really brittle bones. Break a hip. And die on the floor because you couldn't reach the phone to call for help. That is how you're supposed to live a life after fame, Neil. I will expect Rogan to do the same thing after he after his time's up. By the way, if Rogan... I'm predicting the future now. I'm the most famous podcaster in the world. This is 10 years from now. I am the most famous podcaster in the world. My podcast has a monthly download count of 3 billion. And Rogan now does the same thing. He gives the ultimatum to Spotify, says... You get Rogan, or you get Unfit Statesman. And I'm going to say the same thing to him when he does that. I'm going to say, listen, Rogan, you got you to gotta dig yourself a hole, okay? Go ahead and crawl up in that bitch, bring a sleeping bag, and just, you know, let the candle slowly flicker away. Let it die. Okay? That's how you live life after fame. That's how you live life after fame, Neil. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Project Salus. I didn't know about this. And I'm a little upset that the Department of Defense did not consult me about this. Hmm? I don't know who the director of the Department of Defense is, but I am upset with you. You didn't consult me about this. You son of a bitch. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take him out to, I'm going to take him out to Applebee's. The, the, the director of the Department of Defense. I'm going to take him out to Applebee's. We're going to sit down. We're going to we're going to get a two for twenty. We're going to get the two for twenty. I'm going to get the ribs. He's going to get a he's going to get a fucking I don't know what he's going to get wings. And then afterward, I'm going to kick him in the teeth and punch him in the face until he's brain damaged, and his wife doesn't want to be with a person like that, so she leaves him. And his kids were never interested in, in, in him because he was never interested in them. He was too busy being at work and bombing innocent civilians in the Middle East. And he will be lonely and have to live his days out in a nursing home. And I will do that all... I will, I will make sure that happens in a public place, like Applebee's, because he didn't consult with me about this report that he's been doing, apparently. 
called Project Salus. I just learned about this. Let me pull up the thing. The thing. So here's the, the title of it. New data from Department of Defense Project Salus shows waning immunity from COVID-19 vaccine to its 5.6 million vaccinated Medicare beneficiaries. Now, Project Salus is... It's a report that it's it's a it's a it's a report that has a compilation of all medical data for the week that is given from it's compiled at the Department of Defense um, by AI I think and then it is given it's handed over to the CDC I don't know if it's monthly or weekly I think it's weekly and this week's report. Uh, well, let me just read. An AI program launched by the Department of Just uh, Department of Defense's Joint Artificial Intelligence Center called Project Salus has examined data on 5.6 million Medicare beneficiary, beneficiaries aged 65 and older. 2.7 million were vaccinated with Pfizer and 2.9 million with Moderna. The data was posted on October 5th on the Humtrix website, a platform that provides healthcare organizations and government agencies with real-time clinical data management. This new finding revealed that the majority of those 5.6 million Medicare beneficiaries aged 65 and over who are fully vaccinated were infected by COVID-19. This means that transmission may be primarily occurring by vaccinated individuals. Two studies from Israel and Qatar. Qatar. I hear people call it Qatar. Is it Qatar or Qatar? What is it? That's what we should bomb next. Qatar. Or Qatar. Qatar. If it's Qatar, then we should bomb it because that's a ridiculous name. That were published in the New England Journal of Medicine supported this claim that the effectiveness of the vaccine decreases over time despite the individuals being fully vaccinated. It was previously reported in Israel on the rise of COVID-19 cases on fully vaccinated people. According to Dr. Haviv, the vaccinated account for 85 to 90% of all new hospitalizations and 95% of severe cases at the Herzog Medical Center in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky this week said the COVID vaccines do not prevent transmission of the China virus. They're a little late. They're a little late about that. I Didn't I say that six months ago? It's not just me. Not just me. I'm sure you've heard it elsewhere. The community. Our community. Were we not saying this like six months ago? You're a little, you're a little, uh, you're a little late, Rochelle. Rochelle sounds like a fucking manager at Wendy's, I'll tell you that much. This newly released data clearly proves that no vaccine is 100% effective. Well, we knew that. That's a gay statement. This destroyed the narrative from the left and Joe Biden claiming this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. The, this is from the JAC, JAIC, the Joint, what is it? Joint Artificial Intelligence Center. Project Salus report, the data below shows that out of 80%, out of the 80% vaccinated population 65 years and older, an estimated 71% of COVID-19 cases occurred in fully vaccinated individuals. The data below shows that the vaccine effectiveness decreases over time. It shows that the breakthrough infections are higher after five to six months of receiving the vaccine compared to three to four months post-vaccination. It's showing that the, that the vaccine may be causing people to be more vulnerable to getting the virus after the vaccine, uh, the, the immunity uh, given to you by the vaccine wanes. 
And this is called antibody dependent enhancement. Does that term ring a bell? It should, because I've talked about it, oh, I don't know, 150 times. It's been tweeted about, I mean, millions of times now. Dr. Robert Malone talked about it on Rogan, Peter McCullough, um, that fucking French Nobel uh, Peace Prize immunologist. Everything that the people who are being canceled said was going to happen is happening. Okay? And it's like, I mean, uh, you know. You know what it's like. I'm not even going to go into it. Okay? I just wanted to share that with you. There is a a weekly... Did it say in the article if it was weekly or monthly? Let me see. Um, it does not say how often they do it. But I'm sure now that you know about it, you could probably access it. Right? Because someone accessed it. Otherwise, how would we have this information? I'd like to follow the... I'd like to, follow, I'd like to be caught up on the weekly Project Salus report. That's all, and I believe you should too. I have been shitting on Netflix today, and I'm going to continue to do so uh, with the list. I was, I've been, the reason that I'm shitting on Netflix is because I was on Netflix looking for a new show. I, we stocked up, we waited um, to watch A Thousand Pound Sisters until we had stockpiled a certain amount of episodes, my girlfriend and I. And we went through them all, and now there's still more coming, but we have to wait week by week now because we we blew through our our reserve episodes. So I was looking for new shit to watch, and I just realized how poor uh, the quality of, of entertainment is on Netflix. I did see something, though, and I watched the trailer for it. It's called, uh, what was it called? Sexy Beasts which is a dating show about furries. And these people are unhinged. Okay? They are unhinged. They dress up like animals. I'm sure you probably know what it is by now. It's a it's a it's it's I mean shit, it's trendy at this point. I mean, these are the I mean, th- I mean Seashell Sal might be a, a furry when he's at home. They are the reason why Popeyes needs a big burly woman cuz People, unhinged psychopaths like these. These furries who dress up like animals and they like rub up against each other. It's very, very weird. I think that all of them, it's all sexual. They say, some people say furry is not a sexual thing. It's just a cultural thing. No, 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 no. It's a sexual thing. It's a sexual thing. Okay. And it's like, it's like cosplay to the extreme. And I've looked into this because I'm a, I'm very interested in the human brain. I'm very interested in the pineal gland, especially this week. Um, and and I looked up some of the sexual fetishes, uh, you know, with the furry, the furries, and the things like that. And on Pornhub, a very recurring thing that happens is that they stick a butt plug in their asshole with a tail on it, right? Which is congruent with what they're doing in public too. They're walking around with like, some of them don't dress fully, like put the mask on. Some of them just put like cat ears and then put a tail on and walk around. Right. And probably step on small animals. Cause these, again, these people are, you know, you know what they are, but the recurring theme is butt plug with a tail, butt plug with a tail. Okay. That is a pattern of behavior with these people, man and woman, I'm assuming. 
Okay? I only saw it with women, but I'm sure, you know, if you're a gay man, which if you are a furry and a man, you are a gay man, um, yeah, butt plug with a tail. And I, st- I was like, what else do they put in their ass? What else do these people put in their ass besides the French fries they got at Wendy's after fist fighting a manager and losing? What else besides a butt plug with a tail do furries insert in their anus? Here's what I came up with. These are educated guesses. First thing that they put in their ass, the taxidermied paws of their deceased pets. They have an obsession with furry things, so why wouldn't they do that? Crayola crayons. They're an artsy bunch. They're, you know, they, 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 they had an, they, they're an art major. We'll say that. A master of fine arts from fucking Columbia. Their friend's quadriplegic son's limp fingers. The stem of their houseplant. Bronze buttons. The drawstrings of the sweatshirts they own. Tightly rolled up braided belts they've collected from the guys they've fucked who, quote, swear they're straight. Malformed frozen hot pockets. Antique Native American arrowheads. They're uh, they're, uh, a give the land back bunch, right? The bottom end of bar stools. The crime scene tape from a murder they weren't necessarily involved in, but they were certainly adjacent to the situation. A live centipede. Ziploc baggies full of hairs they plucked from guys they've drugged. Some type of tightly rolled political flag, right? Maybe the Nazi flag from the militia group that the CIA was funding in the Ukraine. The sink faucet of a friend who's unaware they're a furry. The greasy ponytail of a recently released violent convict. The spout of an empty gas canister. An Eastern European hood ornament. The nose of whatever pet they have at the moment. Someone else's house key. The braces they ripped off the corpse of a child they raped and murdered. An old Samsung juke cell phone. A corn husk. The butt end of a COVID vaccine. The penis of a semi-conscious Trump supporter. The rings of Saturn. My deceased grandmother's oxygen tank. All of Khloe Kardashian's earring backs. Trampoline springs they stole from four houses over. The 12 days of Christmas. And... The last thing that they shove into their asshole other than a butt plug with a tail attached is their own ass after it collapsed from all the things I've mentioned having penetrated their ass. They got to shove it back up in there, right? But that's it. That's the list. That's the show. I'm back into the regular setup as you probably have already uh, noticed. A couple good guests coming up here soon. A possible Patreon or something of that sort um, is in the works. I am discussing with close confidants of mine what would be the best steps moving forward for me when it comes to putting up a paywall. I don't know how many of you pigs are willing to pay for my content, but I guess I'll find out once I do it. Um... I think we would do something like you would get, you know, if you pay like the five a month, I think I'd do tier tiers, like a, a five a month and 10 a month. And then it would be like the five a month, you would get the backlog of all the old episodes plus an extra episode uh, a week. And then maybe a, a, a one sketch every two weeks or something like that. 
And then the $10 tier would be something like, you know, you'd get the vault, you'd get two extra episodes, and then you'd get, I don't know. So I, it's, 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 it's an unrefined thought. It's in its early, it's in its nascent stages. You understand the, uh, the paywall idea. So I, I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do with it, but it's in, it's in the old noggin. It's in the back of the noggin. And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll play it by ear. Um, but that's it, folks. Thank you for listening. Come back next week and the week after that until, um, you die. Yeah. Until you die. Like Neil Young. Thank you.